0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Game of Your Life, the podcast that celebrates all things nerdy, nostalgic, and most importantly, my favorite medium, video games. This week, guest in-studio guest, Tony Wright. Tony, welcome to the pod.
1: Uh, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, thanks for coming, man. I'm glad. So you're a comic and an aspiring pro wrestler, is that correct?
1: Yeah, well, the, the pro wrestling is just for fun. It's, it's just sort of like, I'm just seeing how far I can take it, because I never thought I could do it. Right. Um, is something that never seemed like real real for some... it was Comedy as well, actually, but... I've, <laughs> I've done comedy for a lot longer, but the wrestling was just sort of like, I'll give it a go. And uh, it's it's just taken a... It's just snowballed.
0: Yeah, I, I, I'm i very impressed, man, because I always wanted to be a wrestler growing up. I even said it in grade six, I remember, and got, like, bullied for it. <laughs> I, like, made fun of. Oh, it's the most, Yeah, it's not something you want to admit to. Mm, but then, the more I'd learn about the business, like, I'd read Mick Foley's books, or I'd read yeah. all these books... Bu- the more I'm like, oh, I'm not suited for this lifestyle at all. Like, I'm not even tough. <laughs>
1: well, I definitely think it's changed it uh, a lot. Especially the same way, like, comedy used to be a lot more rock and roll. But now it's just people scribbling notes, mm. drinking water and going home as soon as their set's finished. Right. You know, it's a lot more... It's more, everyone's. Everyone across the board is so more dedicated and serious. So it's not as, I guess, as intense as before. But it does... The actual... Art of wrestling itself, it it, it, it like it hurts. It That's what hurt. I mean.
0: I forget who I first heard say it, but they're like, if you ever get into wrestling, just know you're gonna have a lifetime of pain. Like you just live with pain your whole life. Yeah, you, it's just it's just like, do you know when you exercise and the next morning you feel like so sore?
1: Mm-hmm. It's just that all the time.
0: Right, but it's probably not even a good sore half the time because it's like. Yeah. Like, when you work out, it's like, that's because your muscles are building. But when you're just falling, it's yeah. probably like your body's, like, fucked up.
1: Like... Yeah, yeah. So it's like, this morning I woke up, I was like, I didn't even know I hurt my ankle. Why, why, why does... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what... <laughs>
0: yeah. Damn, that's great, though. So, is it, like, hard to train? Or are you, like, learning to bump and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, yeah. So, we took it bit by bit. Like, the first thing I got taught was, like... Rolling like forward rolls. Okay. Yeah, that's that is surprising how much that comes into it mm-hmm. like um like so he's doing like rolls and then I got learned how to bump properly and like land flat and uh, Minimize like the the shock of like falling. Yes, yeah. the ring is like is padded, but it's still very solid
0: Yeah I've seen people take them apart and it's always like a bit of padding, but then just like plywood <laughs> Yeah,
1: yeah So it's like yeah plywood and a metal frame and then like a little thin layer of, of padding mm-hmm and yeah. then there's one spring underneath the metal frame that kind of gives the bounce, but it's not like a trampoline like everyone thinks it is.
0: Yeah, I always hated the perceptions around wrestling. because yeah. I, I just think fake is such a bad word for it. Yeah. When it's... it's like, like I don't know, you'll watch Game of Thrones and not think twice about how real it is.
1: Absolutely. Do you know what? I This is something that, like, growing up, I enjoyed wrestling because I thought it was, you know, I thought it was real and everyone was fighting and stuff. Mm. And then when I learned that it wasn't real, I liked it more. Because, right because then i'd be like oh okay so they're not just two people in fancy costumes fighting each other mm. they've prepared to do this and then they've got a story that they have to tell at the same time and they've got crowd work and they've got all this sort of thing you know i was like i was so impressed just how much more goes into it than i realized
0: yeah well, when i appreciate it when i was introduced to it my dad was literally because my dad's been a lifelong fan right like, he was going to like what was the AWA shows and oh, like wow. like foggy gyms and shit and he introduced it to me as like oh yeah these guys are working together to put on a show like it was never even thought of as real in my head oh that's cool because my dad sort of was like yeah. yeah this is fake but it rules yeah, like, yeah, yeah. don't worry about it <laughs> um but yeah it was really when I started reading books and shit when you're like because you hear fake and you assume that means pain-free and then yeah. you're like, oh, wait, these guys are all addicted to pain pills and fucking, yeah, like, their hearts yeah. are exploding because of steroids and shit. Like, it's a crazy rock and roll world, like you were saying.
1: Yeah, and I feel all right because I, I train like once or twice a week, and it's, it's quite light because there's loads of other people doing that as well. So I only do, for the three hour session, I do maybe like 15 minutes of activity.
0: Right, okay. That's pretty uh, cool. Probably a bit more than
1: that. But, you know, but then after, you know, people that have to wrestle every day for mm. 300 days a year. Like I could see why they're fucked up.
0: (laughs) Well, that's the that's the bad part about wrestling because both sides will take advantage of them. So it's like, well, it's not a sport, so you won't get all the insurances and all the yeah things that come with being a sport. But it's also not fully fake, so you're not gonna get all the like they're just caught in this gray area of exploitation, and it's pretty rough. But as a hobby, it just seems like a fun thing to do. I mean, you're probably getting in shape and meeting cool people.
1: Yeah, so apart from, like, obviously the the bruises and stuff like that, I feel like I'm in the best shape I've ever been. Mm -hmm. Because it's the first time in my life I've actually committed to, like, activity and exercise, that sort of thing. And you meet a lot of good people. You know, it's just sort of, it's something outside of everything else that I do. Because I don't know about you, but with comedy, after a while, it felt a little bit more than just a hobby.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: Uh, it felt like a job, and some a good job, but it felt like something I had to really focus on. So this is that thing that I just turn up and I don't think anymore.
0: Yeah, I'm having that more and more recently because the shows I'm doing are like what I rely on for my income now. Yeah. And so like like I have an open mic right when we're done this recording. And part of me is like, I'm all fucked up from last night. I'm <laughs> sort of hung over. Uh, if I had my choice, I probably wouldn't go to an open mic if it was just doing yeah. a spot. But I'm like, well, this is what I've chosen, and it is my responsibility now, so I do have to go. And I'm not complaining. I'm going to enjoy myself. I'll probably have a few more drinks tonight and just knock the rust off. (laughs) But it is weird that it's, like, no longer, like, a choice. It's like, oh, yeah, I've put myself in a situation where...
1: And that kind of, like, scares me a little bit. Of, like, when, you know, gigging becomes uh, a necessity over uh, a choice. But, you know, I've got to do this because I need to get paid or i need to prepare myself for a gig tomorrow where i get paid you know i need to make mm-hmm. sure i'm up to standard uh but it's like you can't just go to a gig because you want a gig it's like i have to do it <laughs> yeah yeah exactly i have to stand in front of these people and talk to them
0: <laughs> mm, I, I i don't know about you when i started i was always one of those like i would do this for free like i'm yeah and you constantly are doing it for free yeah. so but now that you're getting paid for it you're more and more you're like i don't know if i would go there for free now yeah and, that you're sort of reining it in a bit. Yeah, know? at
1: the start I was like, I'll do this anywhere, anytime, all day, every day. And mm. now I'm like, you want me to do a gig in Stockport for how much? <laughs> yeah. Uh, a bit more, please.
0: Yeah, I have to pay to get there? <laughs> uh, right. So, are you much of a gamer at all? Do
1: you know what? I think I am, but I don't think I'm on, a, on a, a high, as high level as other people. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm, I've always been, like, I grew up with video games. Yeah. I've got two older brothers, so I've been playing video games since, like, the age of three. Oh, sick. And we i uh, have been quite, like, a different variety of games from an early age. So I think it's always been a very important part of my life. But I've, I've, ne- I've never been, like, intense uh Call of Duty gamer and I'm in leagues and stuff like that. I'm just sort <laughs> of like, hey, it's... This is what my go-to is when I've got nothing else to do, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. I almost find it, like, cathartic, especially when I discovered, like, roguelikes where I'm like, oh, I can just pop a podcast in and this is, like... A different yeah. zone to check into, you know. So what was your first system, do you remember?
1: First system, Playstation One.
0: Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Are um, you a bit
1: younger? So I I started playing games around two thousand.
0: Okay. Yeah. But so, how old are you for the twenty four. Twenty four. So okay. 97. Yeah, when I say younger, I mean relative to me. It's such a weird, <laughs> awkward way. But it's funny because that seven years is like a big gap as far as gaming goes. Like so yeah. much happens in the industry in and yeah, that yeah, time. Yeah,
1: it, it, it does. And But then like, we didn't have like a lot of money. So I was I was always a step behind. So mm. we didn't get like a PlayStation 2 till about 2005, right, I think. right, And they'd been out for a little while then. Yeah. Yeah, I think we just moved on to PlayStation 1 around the time that I started playing games.
0: Oh, that's pretty sick. It's yeah. more of an adult system, I found, like, as a kid. Yeah. I, I remember the first time I played Chrono Cross in the opening, there's, like, someone gets shanked with a knife. It's, like, pretty graphic. And my yeah. mom was watching it, like, from over my shoulder. And she's like, should you be playing on this? <laughs> and I was like, no, this rules. <laughs> like, so, like... Um, my parents never gave me those restrictions. Oh, really? I was introduced to Grand
1: Theft Auto at, like, five years old. Oh, wow. They're, because um, I never showed any signs of, like, being influenced... Mm-hmm. So they're like, oh, I guess he'll be he'll be all right." So I was never interested in mugging people because or running people over because I saw a a, a, a pixelated car from birds eye view. <laughs>
0: yeah. But it's it's one of those where I like the argument like gamers will almost argue too hard like it never would influence a kid It never has anything. And I'm like it probably does. Yeah. But the argument is that fucking raise your kids better. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like yeah, sure. They they might watch anything out there, out in the world. That doesn't mean those things shouldn't exist. It's such a weird art. Like you'd never say they shouldn't make violent movies. But I think as video games are new, they'll make the argument with violent games. And I'm yeah. like that doesn't make any sense.
1: Yeah, I think that I think the worst thing video games has done for people is <laughs> anger management. Yeah. Because
0: uh, I knew guys who just whip controllers like. Constantly breaking yeah. controls.
1: I, I I had a period of that myself over lockdown where I was <laughs> I was playing every night, um I was playing Call of Duty Warzone from ten PM till about four AM. Right. Because I had no job, I'd lost my job, <laughs> and my mate had also lost his job and we were like keeping each other company over the night, mm-hmm. but I was screaming the house down. Yeah. Like I was so angry all the time just because I kept dying. And I went through two controllers in, like, a space of three months. And I was like, I need to sort myself out. Yeah. This is not uh, this is not acceptable for an adult male.
0: When, when I was really young, my mom would, like, if they saw me getting worked up or angry, because I'm like you, I was playing, like, before I knew how to walk, I think. Like, yeah, it's yeah. earliest memory type shit. And when they saw me getting too worked up or angry, they'd literally be like, no, we're turning it off until you can calm down. And so I think I grew up, like... With that built in. That's good. So now I'll just calm myself down if I'm getting yeah. angry. Because then you learn to be like, okay, if I
1: want to play games,
0: I've got to make sure I need to I keep my I keep, keep cool. <laughs> yeah, completely. Yeah. But I do know those gamers, so that's pretty funny. And then do you own any systems now or anything? Yeah, so I've got a PlayStation 4 now. Yeah. Um yeah. So I, I I did the
1: PlayStation one, PlayStation 2, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4. Oh, you that's jumped the, to the Xbox. Yeah, that's what uh I, I was never really keen on the playstation 3 i don't know why mm-hmm. uh, i think i had more friends on xbox
0: to be the... fair i think that is the one generation where xbox shined over oh God, over did. playstation yeah
1: the, uh, the xbox ex- exclusives at the time mm-hmm. i think won me over because no, I, I love i love story-based games and i think it was like the fable games and yeah. left for dead and that sort of thing that just sort of I don't know if that was an exclusive, but it was just a. It just seemed Xbox was the one for me.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I remember Banjo Kazooie felt like a big one at the time, even though that turned out to be a bust. But the third one, I mean. Yeah. But then you could buy the first two when those weren't easy to get either. Like that, Xbox had a lot going for it for sure. I've always sort of been a PlayStation guy. I mean, yeah. my PS4 is right in front of us here. <laughs> <laughs> but I really want a PS5. But I mean, what the fuck? I
1: still don't know what's going on with them. Are they still just impossible to get a hold of? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm on a couple waiting lists. Oh, wow. And I'm like, yeah, I have a get the call. Maybe I'll just pick one up. I but mean... There's not much to play right now, anyway.
1: Yeah, so that's that's what I've always done. Whenever a console comes out, I'm always like, okay, maybe I'll wait. But I'll wait a year. Mm-hmm. Might, the price might drop a little bit, and there'll be more to choose. Mm-hmm. Um... So yeah, I, I was happy to wait for a PS5 anyway, but it seems like it's going to be a lot longer wait.
0: Yeah, I wonder if that's by design or something. It's strange. Yeah. Because you're right, especially like you, you. not only will the prices go down in store, but you'll get a bunch of people who just regret purchasing it day one. Yeah. And are now selling a, a used one at a huge discount. Yeah. But there's not going to be any of that with the PS5 because they're so fucking hard to get a hold of.
1: I, I always thought that, you know, as consoles got better, I thought there'd be more life out of them as well. But I felt like the PlayStation Five and whatever the new Xbox is called came quite soon. Yeah. I don't know how long these consoles have been out, like the, the the PlayStation Four and the Xbox One.
0: Yeah, I felt the same thing because I I only really dug into PS Four uh, during lockdown. Yeah. It's like this is my roommate; she had an extra. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to CEX and I get like five games at a time, and I just blew through the library. Yeah. And to, so to me, it's all very fresh still, and like I'm playing the Final Fantasy remake, which felt like it just came out, and like. Yeah, I felt like it had a lot more life in it, but yeah, you know how they are with shit like that, I guess.
1: Maybe it's just us getting older. I was like, hey, this is fine. We don't need the new one.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, it is that. I remember reading somewhere, like, it's not an illusion. Time's getting faster. Yeah, and, and that always freaks me out. But right. it makes more sense because it's like the older you get, the more time you've lived. So, like, if you're 10, like, a year is, like, 10% of your life now that you're oh like 24, it's like a fraction of that. It's, yeah. So It's a bit of a mind fuck, man. I can't imagine being 50 and then the next day you're 52 and it's like... <laughs> That's terrifying. Yeah. Oh, yeah Death is coming. Yeah, unless we can get those robot bodies I'm always talking about. Oh, yeah. Put your brain in a robot and live forever. Or not forever. I don't want to live forever. I just don't want to not choose when I die. I'd like to live to like 250 and be like, yeah. this is enough. I'm clocking out. Do you know what?
1: Like, I was the same. I, like. I want to... I feel like after seventy there's nothing there's absolutely <laughs> nothing else I can do. Yeah, yeah. If I've I've either lived an amazing life and, you know, I'm on the downhill from there mm. or I've I didn't make use of my time but it's already too late. <laughs> so seventy is my cut off point.
0: Well I've always thought too though, like even if life won't be worth living, I'll always wanna like watch the next wrestling pay per view or play the new <laughs> play the new video game. Like content alone will keep me <laughs> I not wanting so. to die. There's, al- I guess, there's
1: always something like trivial that you just want yeah. to do. There's always like you're always, always waiting for something to come out. I, th- I guess yeah, you, yeah. I guess that's why like advertisements, are such a key part of life, is that it it, it does sell. It does sell to people. Mm-hmm. People are like oh, okay, I want to be involved
0: in that. Yeah, I want to play like the PlayStation sixty two or whatever. Like by <laughs> that point, <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> I wonder if they'll just keep naming them the number until it gets like comical. You know. I I hope they
1: do because. You know, they've stuck to a theme, whereas Xbox are just making up as they go along. Yeah. Do you remember when it was supposed to be the Xbox 720? That was the <laughs> one, everyone yeah. talked about that. Yeah,
0: afterwards. and they were just going to keep doubling the number? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, so it's just spinning, like it doesn't make sense. The, Even the, the Xbox 14, uh, 1440. <laughs> Even the Xbox One doesn't make a ton of sense, because no. you're like, no, the Xbox was the Xbox One. Yeah. Like, Yeah, uh, I don't know. They, on, they're Mike.
1: naming, like, consoles, like the Fast and Furious movies. <laughs> and it's... It, I, I, like, there is no logic to them. I yeah. hope it's, like, the, the X, the box. That's yeah. the next one.
0: I do like just Xbox as a as a name. When I first heard that as a kid, I was like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's certainly cooler than the GameCube, which, you know... Like, I like the game. I'm not I shitting on the GameCube. GameCube but... It was
1: great. I felt like it was so underrated. We had a mm-hmm. GameCube. Right? I, I did too, yeah. Uh, It was just wall-to-wall banger of games. Mm. Nintendo has had, like, a a tough run of it. I feel like they make (laughs) really, really revolutionary concepts that just die too soon.
0: Yeah. Well, the Wii U was such a slap in the face to their their fan base, I think, where it's like, if you just stuck with the Wii, it was such a revolutionary thing. Yeah, just make a better Wii. I didn't think people were done with it yet. But the Switch is sort of their renaissance, because it's fucking awesome.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I thought, with the Nintendo Wii, that was such a... That introduced uh, a different generation to gaming. I don't know about mm. you, but I know so many like older folk that had a Nintendo Wii. My nan bought one because mm-hmm. she's like, "Oh, I can do the fitness games, and then the grandkids can play on their games." Mm-hmm. I was like, "That's incredible!" But, like the PlayStation isn't, you know, you don't really see pensioners on the PlayStation.
0: Well, and it's weird because you know normally like, and this is obviously speaking generally, but you know normally old people are like. Put off by new technology or don't want to get. But my, I noticed the same thing. Like my dad was like, "Have you heard of this Wii thing? Like, yeah, yeah. You, you, you can play bowling. And I don't know why it interested them in a way that other tech usually Pretty doesn't. Weird, yeah. But I it got th- like adopted.
1: I think for me, like my dad bought us a Nintendo Wii, mm. um, and he he was always yeah. He didn't care for games. He's just sort of like right. That's something for the kids to do. But that intrigued him as well. And I think it was just the. Uh, he was a he's a couch potato. Yeah. So I think it was just the idea of having a remote control in his hand at all times that he loved.
0: <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Well, have you ever heard of Rocksmith? It's like a, it's like a real life guitar hero. Oh, I or, see. Yeah. Where you get an electric guitar, you can plug it, in, and then you're teaching you real yeah. songs. And I flocked to that idea because I just loved the idea of like like I know how to pile time into a video game and waste away playing a video yeah. game. But if I could somehow learn a skill from that then yeah. it, it might all be worthwhile those hours would be worth it you know you should do that with like so many other things as well
1: like mm crocheting.
0: (laughs) Or like a cooking mama, but like it teaches you how to cook or something like that. Like you can actually get like a a life skill out of it. I'm still
1: thinking of it of like as a Nintendo Wii and just people with a little white remote like dicing.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Incredibly fast. Well, I'm pretty sure that some terrorists learned how to fly with like a flight simulator game too. That's amazing. Which is like oh man. Oh my god. Did you
1: ever watch the Darren Brown like special where he hypnotized the guy uh, or he was doing flight simulator lessons or something like that and then he hypnotised him into thinking he was actually landing a plane like it, oh they really him, yeah they put him in a, a plane with loads of actors yeah and then um, like knocked him out or whatever from shrew hypnosis and then uh, they moved him they put him like life, his lifeless body and moved all the actors to like a fake plane <laughs> um, holy shit woke him up when the plane was crashing mm. and, and they were like oh my god the the pilot is, is dead yeah. So, um, he steps up like a hero and lands this plane just through like a simulator, but he thinks it's a real flight.
0: Mm, it was amazing. Sh- what a mind fuck, though. I yeah. feel like, like, what if they just gave him hard PTSD or something? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> the anxiety that he's got from that. That was like. There he's was... never been on holiday again. <laughs> did <laughs> Did you ever hear of the Joe Schmo show from back in the day?
1: <laughs> I think I've I've heard the name.
0: It was so dumb, but it's like similar. It reminded me of it because it was a reality show where everyone was an actor except this one dude that they told so they basically like truman showed him <laughs> yeah. on on this reality show but he said like his life spiraled after that and he like started oh, hitting so the booze and shit and it was oh, like oh no well yeah cuz they just everyone lied to him for like 2 months on a production yeah. set it's like a huge mind fuck devastating yeah poor joe dude um (laughs) but you know we're rambling a bit here what do you say we get into the game we came here to talk about of course all right tony wright this is the game of your life noir detective action-adventure game developed by team Bandai, Bandai, Bandai? and published by Rockstar Games. It was released in May 2011 and later re-released in 2017. It went on to sell over 5 million copies worldwide and is notable for being the first game to use the newly developed motion scan technology using 32 cameras to capture people's facial features. It was also the first ever video game to be shown at the Tribeca Film Festival, which I thought was interesting when I read that. Do you think they just showed all the like, cutscenes in order? I think so. Or just yeah, like a couple the, levels? S- the story
1: of the game. Yeah, because I think
0: the game itself, the gameplay,
1: can you could take it out and still know where it's going if they just showed all the cutscenes and like mm-hmm. some interviews and stuff. I think, uh, yeah, I remember everyone I talked to about this game, I always say, it's like a film. Mm-hmm. It's like a film that you're in. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it doesn't surprise me that it was shown at a film festival because, first of all, I think it's a fantastic story.
0: Yeah, I do too. Well, on top of that, it's got, like, an A-list cast. Like, so many of these actors, like, Elizabeth Moss is in this. That, like, yeah, <laughs> well, so this is a,
1: a fact that I always like to share with people. It has the same casting director as the first two seasons of Mad Men.
0: That makes perfect sense. So Elizabeth Moss is in it. Um, Even Cole, the actor, is Cole, in Mad Cole,
1: he's in Mad Men. Um, there's a, quite a few other actors as well. One uh, of the bartenders. Edgar Kalou from The uh, the Suspect in the first tutorial mission. He's He plays the... Um, like, creative marketing guy. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, So, like, he's... There's so many crossover actors, and that's... I always... That's what I like, going back to the game and recognising someone else from something I've watched.
0: Mm, how sick would it have been if Don Draper was just, like, yeah, oh, yeah. a mob boss or something?
1: I think he's the one person who doesn't turn up.
0: Yeah, which makes sense. I mean, he was he was like an A-list actor even before I, yeah, that. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, I love that. What was your... what would What did you first think when you heard of this game coming out? Was it, like, intriguing to you, or... Because I remember, for some reason, I was never a fan of Rockstar Games to begin with. Like, I don't really like Grand Theft Auto all that much.
1: Oh, I'm a big Rockstar Games fan. Mm,
0: so, I, I didn't know what to think of it until I started. But.
1: So, as far as Rockstar game, um, I, I, I always want to give them a go. Because I loved Bully, I loved The Warriors, I loved the Grand Theft Auto series. Damn, The Warriors getting a shout out. I know. I haven't heard of that game in forever. That's, that's one of my favorite games as well. Um, but I, I I got introduced to this via the trailer that they put on like just on TV, mm. and it blew my mind. I think it's because like the facial scan and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, it was it honestly was like I've never seen anything like it before. So immediately I was like, I must have that because it, it was so dramatic. The trailer it was like the car chases and um, like the actors just hammering it up to eleven.
0: Yeah. Yeah, what I love in this game is the intro video, right? When you started off and it's showing all the, like, sprawling camera shots of yeah. L.A. and just everyone, like, interacting. Uh, it's fucking great.
1: Yeah, I, I, I generally thought it'd be like, this is the greatest game of
0: all time. Oh, really? So that's, what I that was your expe- expectations going into it?
1: Yeah, I had very high expectations just because I was so sold in it. I mean, I really... It's, the aesthetic appeals to me because I've, I'm, such a, I'm such a simp for, like... <laughs> Like, gangster films and noir and, like, old-timey film stuff. You know, like, mm-hmm. I really love the 40s and the 50s. Yeah. So, you know, immediately I'm sold on that. I love the Mafia stuff. I love all that. So I was like, okay, I'm in. Perfect.
0: Whatever. Yeah, you're sold. It just ticked all the boxes. Well, let's start with the story and the characters, like I normally do with these things. So you're in post-World War II 1947 Los Angeles, and uh, you are Cole Phelps. Uh, he's a former marine turned soldier turned uh, no marine soldier turned LAPD officer. Uh, what do you think about Cole right off the bat here? Um,
1: I, I wasn't too like I was sold to him in the correct way because he seemed he's quite stoic he's quite uh, yeah, he's straight laced straight laced he doesn't have it he, he, he doesn't um, express much mm-hmm. and yeah so... he looks
0: like he'll have one alcoholic drink. A year yeah, on Christmas.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you see, he's exactly—he's that like—he's—he's he's so good at his job because he's always on the job. You know, he takes himself so seriously, and so uh, I, I guess it sets him up perfectly. But mm. I, I was like, I don't know how to feel about him yet. But you know, he's—he's—he's uh, he's, he's got a bit of a cool vibe as well.
0: Mm-hmm. And you're him, and you don't—you're. This is not really role playing in the sense of like you're not gonna change anything about his character. No. He is exactly who he is. He's going to do what he does in all the cutscenes. I mean, you can fuck up cases, but that's about it. You can make him a bad detective.
1: But I think there's part of that. Because he is so, like... When you watch him and you play as him, he's so... He so wants to do well that if you fuck up the case, you feel like you've let him down.
0: Yeah, totally. (laughs) Um, And throughout the game, in between missions, usually you're getting these World War II flashbacks. Yeah. Sort of from when he first joined the army, then throughout, like, you see how it ends up. I just thought it was, like, a really cool, like, it wasn't expected. Because it it took me off guard, like, it doesn't look like 1947 in my head. No. but, But I don't know what that would look like. But it's like yeah, two years after World War Two, the world would still be like reeling from it. Yeah, it's like yeah. this whole game is like reacting to World War Two still. It's it's interesting.
1: Yeah, and the the flashbacks kind of y- you don't really know what they lead they're leading to. Mm-hmm. And there's quite a lot of this game that it, you're intrigued for a, probably the first two thirds. You're like okay. I don't know where this is going, but, you know, it's just, I'm just yeah. a detective.
0: Yeah, and it's giving you pieces that you can sort of put yeah, together. Yeah, yeah,
1: and just by the time you get to that last act, you just, everything comes together. The cases, the the World War II flashbacks, the newspapers.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, th- that's the other thing. It introduces you in the first mission of these newspapers that are strewn about. Totally optional and also dependent on you being observant. Yeah. And when you pick them up, it'll have a different headline. And it's sort of showing you, like, the villain of this game before you even meet him. Yeah. and showing you like what's going on with him and like on that side of the world. Uh, you begin as a street cop, which is sort of interesting. It's basically the tutorial section of the game. It's yeah. going to have your first like chase, your first like uh, holding someone up, like everything. And the missions are pretty straightforward, pretty easy. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: this is the one where, like, when you're interviewing someone, they are they are doing like pantomime acting.
0: <laughs> yeah. Who
1: me? Yeah.
0: I didn't steal the necklace. <laughs> yeah, it is like campy. It is hilarious. <laughs> but you eventually get promoted uh, to detective. This is when you officially become a detective. You start as a traffic detective, doing motor-based crimes with a uh, Stephen B- Burkowski. Bukowski. I love Bukowski. Yeah. Do you as a character? Yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say he's one of the more less memorable of the partners you will get in this, but yeah, he is just a good cop. Yeah,
1: he's just, he's just filler. Like, mm-hmm. he doesn't really supply anything, but he just seems like a good guy. You know, <laughs> yeah. he's not the best cop in the world, but like, he kind of knows that, so he, he kind of eggs Phelps on. Right. But doesn't take his glory, but he's just sort of like, hey, you're you're good at this job, I'm happy to be partnered with you. He is like the, uh, the person you get partnered with when you've got a school project, who does some work. But is ultimately like, hey, you're smart. Why didn't you just? <laughs> yeah, he's the ready-made sidekick. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah.
0: He's probably remained in this position for years Absolutely. and seen like six people get promoted above yeah, yeah. him because it's like you're the perfect this guy.
1: But then he's not like the older vets that you get partnered with later who are just sort of like they're on their way out he's mm-hmm. he's like solid
0: yeah he's bright-eyed optimistic yeah yeah uh and it's at one of these because these are pretty basic you know traffic crimes and shit uh it's one of them though called uh, the fallen idol where you're basically uncovering like a hollywood pedophilia ring that's and,
1: one of my favorite cases
0: me too and uh, it's also where you meet roy earl who's yeah. like the corrupt vice cop And literally, you're, like, about to interrogate this guy and hammer him for, like, having a secret, like, pedo room. And Roy's like, hey, hey, this guy's an informant, leave him alone, and sort of shuts it down. And right away, you're like, this guy's a piece of shit. I was so mad. Mm.
1: Because, like, yeah, compared, the other traffic cases are fairly, fairly tame. Like, the first one is, like, a man who fakes his own death, and then there's, like, other sort of, like, little bits, but that case is, it just jumps. It's just so intense, and you get really invested in it, because you're like, I want to make sure that this little girl is safe. (laughs) And then Roy comes in, and you're like,
0: no! Yeah, Fallen Idol's super tragic, just because it is, like, this girl trying to break into Hollywood. You're just like, oh man, the character work is great. Like, you can tell every one of these missions had, like, a lot of care and detail yes. placed into them.
1: I think a lot of them are based off of very real things as
0: well. Yeah, yeah, and we'll get into that with this next one. Because after Fallen Idol, you get promoted to the Homicide Department. Mm-hmm. This is where you find that guy you were talking about. He's, like, your cliche alcoholic cop, <laughs> Rusty Galloway. <laughs> which is like, born to be an alcoholic with a name like that. Rusty Galloway. Uh, yeah. He's, he's got a great car, though. He fucking rules, dude. I love <laughs> Rusty. <laughs> he's just, like... He is like a perfect cliche, but he's one of those guys where like he's got his flaws. But because you're seeing these homicide cases, he's really humanized through those where he's like so disgusted with these guys. He's like, why don't we just kill these guys? Yeah, like, like, yeah. what
1: are we doing here? His heart's in the right place, but it, it, you know he's been through a lot, so that's mm-hmm. why he's so rough around the edges. And he's yeah, he's got these dependencies. But like when you when you when you hear him mm-hmm. talk about like why, you're like, you know what, I get it.
0: Yeah. No, he's just a great character, but it's weird. I I don't know what I feel about the homicide section because sort of the whole thing is all these homicides you later find out are being done by a serial killer. Yes. But you don't know that for the first like three or four of them. Yeah. And so you're essentially arresting the wrong person. That's something
1: I still can't get to grips with. I've played Mm -hmm. the game many times. I've played through the game so, so many times and I still, to this day, cannot work out how, like, well, why were they arrested? Like, and, and if they weren't, if, like, they're innocent, so why did they, like, some of them admit to it.
0: Well, and that's the other thing, is, like, all of these cases, you find out that, like, okay, even if they didn't do it, they're horrible pieces of shit. Right. Like, I, I think one of the guys had killed two people already. I see. Like, he just I hadn't see. killed this person. So the game's sort of like, don't feel too bad about it. They belong in jail. But they just probably yeah. didn't do this. Which I think is a bit of a cop-out. I wish you'd sent, like, a totally innocent person to jail if that's what they were going to do. Yeah,
1: I guess some of them are a little bit like like it's after a night of drinking and an argument or something like that and then the wife ends up found dead the next morning, so they might not have realized that they didn't do it but there's nothing to prove that they didn't, so mm, yeah, there is, that's it
0: That's one of my favorite cases uh, I have it written at the end, but um, the, the guy who's like a blackout alcoholic who's basically stalking the chick yeah. and he thinks that he murdered her but yeah. but he didn't, but he's just like got, got led to believe that from his buddy. Yeah, that's yeah. a great case. Uh, but yeah, you later find out that they all, all of these were, were the Black Dahlia murders, which I don't know much about, like I'm a serial killer junkie, but I don't know much about these uh, Black Dahlia cases.
1: Um, what, in the real life world? Yeah, yeah. I think the Black Dahlia is only one case, it's just never been solved. Oh, I thought, so I thought game, it was like a serial killer, yeah, so in, it shows the, what I know. In the games case, like, in the game's world, the Black Dahlia killer is done that that one and all these others, but in the real world, the Black Dahlia was just sort of one, one woman, but it's grotesque. It's yeah. honestly one of the most horrific crimes.
0: Yeah, I've heard that. And it's, this is interesting, because basically your captain on this mission is like, hey, we are not going to release a press conference saying we fucked up and releasing all these guys if we don't have a perp to walk in. So, yeah. you go catch him and then we'll do that. Yeah. And I didn't like this mission, because it's sort of like, the strength of this game is through the detective work and the interrogation, and yeah. so this mission is sort of like just taking you from point to point to point to point, and a lot of like action scenes and stuff that... It didn't do a lot for me.
1: No. It's very... It feels out of place. Mm-hmm. I, I, I didn't hate it. Yeah. But it, it, it definitely was like, you know, you just drive, you, he sends you on a goose chase with these letters
0: and mm. clues. Yeah, puts you in precarious situations. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you eventually kill him. There's no way around killing him. There's no, like, arrest. him. I always wanted that. Yeah, no, I, I checked it up because it's just so central to the story moving forward. I guess. So you got to kill him no matter what. And then the police chief's like, hey, it turns out he's like a senator's brother or something. He doesn't say what, but he's like, he's a, like, related to someone high up. So we're going to sweep this shit under the rug. And again, it never tells you if they actually go forward and like, release those innocent people we talked about earlier. Yeah, uh, it's, they're never really brought up again. It is sort of like a hole in this game. I wish they'd like address a bit more because you spend like hours going through these cases and arresting those people.:
1: Maybe that's, the, uh, that's what they want though, Because mm. I guess if you were that detective who's just solved that massive massive case, and then you get told that like, oh yeah, we've got to ignore this. We've got to pretend this never happened. That would be unsatisfying. Yeah. So I guess we're supposed to feel unsatisfied with the result.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, did you ever watch Mindhunter, the um, Netflix show? Yeah, I watched show?
1: bits and pieces.
0: Yeah, because season two sort of ends like that. They yeah. like they catch a guy, but there's no hard evidence, but the detective's like, we need this to be the guy, so close up shop, you're done. And they're just like, okay, I hope we got the right guy. It's yeah. left very open-ended, sort of the same, so maybe that's just a the theme in these sort of yeah, yeah, cop narratives. Um and this sort of how the game ends later on to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So you find him, kill him, all that. Uh. Yeah. Promoted to vice after this. This is where you become a vice cop, which I thought was interesting. I thought homicide would sort of be the peak mm-hmm. cop. You know, I thought vice might be considered under homicide cop. Yeah, I
1: don't know how they describe it. Do they describe it? I think in the game they sort of say this like. Well, it's a promotion, but it isn't. Yeah, homicide is probably the most rewarding because you're really trying to you really make differences in people's lives, whereas Vice is all drugs, and mm-hmm. I guess it
0: still does, but... Just arresting people instead for drugs.
1: Yeah. Um, I've, I, to be fair, this part of the game was not my favourite bit.
0: Mm. Yeah, when you're paired with Roy Earl, the I mean, corrupt yeah. cop from earlier, it was sort of a nice t- to have a bit of a different dynamic. Like, Cole was actively like hostile towards Roy. Yeah. He knew he was, like, this dirty cop. Uh, um, like we said, Cole's super straight-laced, so he's going to do his job and shit, but he's like obviously doesn't like him
1: but you you realize this case that these cases the vice are starting to this is where it starts to like lead into the final everything kind of ties together now doesn't it
0: mm mm-hmm. yeah so on the first one you start finding soldier grade morphine that's being dealt on the street yeah and you find out that not only do you know the marine boat it came off of but it was your former command group that had eventually gone on to steal it it's now being like Uh, or I think they sold it to a mob boss, and now the mob boss is killing, having all of them killed to sort of have it silenced up. Yeah. uh, Because he's selling it, and so you find out all that, and again, I think Roy's even involved here. He's, like, completely, like, aware of it beforehand. So he's just, like, a complete dirty piece of shit cop.
1: Yeah, he's the worst.
0: And during all this, too, Because the mob boss is in this ritzy, like, theater place. I think he went here once earlier with Roy. The Blue Room. The Blue Room, yeah. And it's where you meet Elsa, who Cole starts just having an affair with. Sort of... I always thought this was so out of nowhere, because up to this point in the game, it's not revealed that Cole has a wife or kids, or if it is, it's done very in passing, or just in the banter between you and your partner. But you never meet them. It's not like they're characters in this game. And then he starts, like out of nowhere, having an affair with this dancer. It was sort of not built up to it at all. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a, sort of a strange, uh, you know, left turn, I guess. But, I don't know, maybe they removed some, like, one-story thing that would have tied it up a bit nicer. It still works. Uh, and basically, Cole, when he's j- just about to close this case and get the mob boss thrown in, Roy Earle goes public with him having an affair, which I guess in the 40s is, like, yeah. more bad. They also kick off because Elsa's German
1: and it's just after the war, so he seems, the war hero that's shagging a German, traitor! Right, and he's got a wife and kids at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suspend this man. So yeah, adultery is bad anyway, but obviously, it's the 40s and it's LA, so that's, it's really weird, because it's that thing of like, you know, all men just used to cheat on their wives, but it's not bad if people
0: know about it. Yeah, they have like names for it. Yeah. Like the gumadas. But,
1: um, yeah, I think it's because he's, he was the war hero, and now the Like, the the, the cop that's saving the city, and then he's... Sleeping with the enemy. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That isn't... I'd never even put that together. That's really interesting. Uh, This leads you to being demoted to the arson desk. Yeah. Which does make sense, because arson's not above vice or homicide, for surely. Uh, Arson
1: feels like, you know, if you're there, it's a punishment, because it's not nice. Mm Mm-hmm yeah
0: it's like a shit job you're just going to burned out houses <laughs> yeah
1: it's just you're either it's the most boring job or you see some of the most horrific things mm-hmm. but there's no in between
0: yeah for sure um and it's funny because Cole's just being like openly mocked by his co-workers at this point <laughs> <laughs> they're just treating him like shit like this war hero uh but right away cole gets to work he starts finding these links between all these burned out houses he starts finding this charity that's, like, building houses for old vets is attached to every single one of these. And he, he notices they'll, they're buying up the places, but then people who don't want to sell, their houses just end up mysteriously getting torched. Yeah. Which was cool. I sort of liked that, like, I really enjoyed this point of the game. Yeah, Because yeah. you sort of think the main- the bulk of the game's behind you at this point already, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're getting into the sort of- the sort of final stretch, but the Vice desk feels so story dominated. Mm-hmm. And then the arson awesome desk is a, it. It feels like you're going back to just doing cases, mm-hmm. like the start of the game. You're just doing random, unconnected cases. But then, and everyone in this portion of the game is telling you, "Nah, these aren't connected. You can't put these together." Yeah, and you're trying so hard to be like, "No, this this company is doing something."
0: Yeah. So. Cole ends up giving all this information to Elsa. She brings it to Jack Kelso, who's like, what is he, like an insurance sort of? Insurance
1: guy now, I think, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. He was also went to the war with Cole, though. He's like yeah. an old friend of Cole's.
1: A friend slash enemies. They have mm. such a, like, I feel like they just, they just need to kiss. Jack, yeah. and, Jack and Cole are such perfect partners.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that thing they just, like, they want the same thing, but they just of t- two yeah. different minds completely. And it's weird, though, because at this point, you take over Jack. You're no longer playing as Cole. It's yeah. the only point in the game where you're not Cole. And it sort of felt strange. I don't know why they did it.
1: And I don't know if it's a, a way to make the player also distance himself from Cole. But the way that everyone else in the game is.
0: Oh, uh, that's interesting. I don't know.
1: That's just the way I sort of see it. Because I wasn't ready to give up Cole. And then <laughs> I'm just walking around as Jack. Yeah. Um. But then, yeah, at this point in the game, you know, he's a disgraced cop but he's still trying really hard to do the right thing Mm. but I feel like it's the game saying like you know he's this is what he's done this is his punishment you know you don't get to see him now
0: right yeah that's interesting uh but Jack basically follows up and finds out that not only was Cole right but these houses that are being built for vets are made with like shoddy materials yeah they're like shit houses it's just a big conspiracy for fraud essentially Mm-hmm. Uh, they're defrauding the American government. He also finds out that Dr. Harlan Fontaine, who's this crackpot psychologist guy who's been... Yeah. You've only really seen him through the newspapers. I know you meet him after one mission.
1: Always wearing a turtleneck. Yeah. You, know, you
0: know he's the villain if he's wearing a turtleneck. Yeah, he completely has that look to him. You find out that he has been using one of the one of the former war vets who he's being counseling or whatever, trying to treat his PTSD. But really, yeah. he's just manipulating him and getting him to burn down these houses. Uh, yeah. And it turns out, accidentally, the guy thought one of the houses was empty. But it was had a family in it when he lit it up. And oh. so he has, like, a full mental break. And it's just, yeah. yeah, super dark. That One of the newspaper scenes that stood out to me in particular is when he's on the phone with Harlan. Yeah. And he's like, you said it would be empty. I and Harlan's it. just trying to be like, ah, calm down, we'll get over this. And, yeah. And then the guy hangs up, and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and, and you realize, yeah, so the, the
1: guy that's burning these houses down is so innocent. Mm-hmm. You know, he's doing bad things, but it's because he's so, like, emotionally uh, available to... And b- to be used like that and it's just so sad
0: yeah it... he probably got sent to World War 2 when he was in his teens yeah. and he got mentally broken before mm-hmm. he was even like a grown up and now this, he's looking for help actively he finds this psychologist and the psychologist is, just starts manipulating him yeah, it's yeah. really dark uh, for this character It's around this point you get a flashback revealing why all the other marines hate Cole. Because when you're going through these cases, it's clear they have this hostility and distance towards him.
1: Yeah, and he quite... When everyone talks to him about being a war hero, he tries to brush it off. Every time, even in the early cases, when they're sort of like, Ah, Phelps, war hero. He's like, "Ah, I wouldn't say I'm a hero. I just did my job.
0: And it turns out his job at one point was to order his men to firebomb like a cave he thought soldiers were hiding in. Turned out to be all civilians. He had the <sighs> the one guy, his name Ira Hogaboo, I think I'm Hogaboo? Weird name. Uh, <laughs> has Ira do it personally, and Ira turns out to, like, this completely mentally broken when he found out it was civilians, and you find out that he's actually the one that's been going around torching places. Yeah. He's like, not the villain, but you realize he's like the hidden character. And it's around this time that they also show you a scene of Ira confronting Fontaine, killing him, because Elsa is like connected to him too. Oh, she, she's been seeing Fontaine this whole time. Yes. that's how you meet Fontaine for the first time is he's, when you uh, see Elsa. Her up. Yeah, he's just giving her drugs so she can perform. Yeah, because he's a dirty doctor.
1: Which that also like I've got it makes that makes me really sad because you know that's a very real thing as well of the people that like manipulate performers mm. and you know like um one of my. Uh, favorite musicians or singers is whitney houston right and, you know that's how her family was treating her
0: yeah just trotting her out there yeah and
1: it's like one of the most talented people in the world who you know we saw how she ended up and then that's that's the, the journey Elsa's on of mm-hmm. like a very talented nice person who's being like abused
0: Yeah, yeah, Hollywood is not depicted well here in this game, and nor should it be. I think Hollywood's fucked up, but like between the pedophile rings and the like just how everyone in the city The gloves are off. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Um,
1: The irony of the game dissing Hollywood whilst also, you know, hiring some of the hottest actors (laughs) of the time.
0: And it does romanticize Hollywood. It romanticizes his time period too. But it's just not whole polling punches either. Uh, this all leads to this big sort of showdown in this, like, what would you call like a sewer drain almost? Yeah, like, yeah. It, uh, I forget how Cole tracks him down here, just detective work, I guess. Uh, he manages to save Elsa by killing Ira, which at this point is like a mercy kill. Like, Ira <laughs> sort of needed to die here. Uh, and then, out of nowhere, a flood starter kicks in and Cole drowns, like, in this storm drain. Which is not how I saw the game ending the first time I played this.
1: I was still hoping that
0: there was... When, when like, he got swept away and then the water was
1: bursting through the, the streets, mm-hmm. I was still hoping, you know, there's a chance he'll come out of this. Right. I yeah. was like, yeah, it's, he's going to be all right.
0: And then smash cut to his funeral. <laughs> it's like... And of all fucking people, Ray Earl is giving his eulogy. Yeah. You got you see the other guy who was linked to the cons- the housing conspiracy, one of the cops yeah. there, and it sort of lets you know, like, Cole dying also with him went this sense of morality uh, and any hope of fixing shit was just yeah. over.
1: Oh, it's, it's heartbreaking. And
0: Elsa storms out of the funeral just knowing that it's bullshit, but unable to do anything about it. It's a sad ending. This game does not like leave you with a good first ending. The first
1: time I played this through, uh, when it ended, I just had to sit in silence for about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really had to take it all in. I was so, so devastated. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I expected it. it was, it's... It's, it's a noir. It's a noir film. They don't end nicely. Right, yeah. So I should have expected it to have a rough ending.
0: But it's funny too because in video games you're used to like well maybe if I get 5 stars on every case that he lives at the end and it's yeah, like yeah. no the story is linear. This was
1: around the time of like games having multiple endings. Mhm.
0: Yeah, no, this is a linear story. Like this yeah. is how it's meant to be told, how it's meant to end and yeah, it's pretty grim. And again, it goes to what we were just saying about Hollywood. It's like yeah, the bullshit continues. Like, yeah. like being a good person makes you an outsider in this city. Brilliant, brilliant story, brilliant game. Like, yeah, I was like you when it was done. I was like, "Holy shit. <laughs> Blown away by it."
1: Yeah, I I I just loved every minute of it because it really took me on like a an emotional roller coaster.
0: Yeah, I agree. It's
1: quite a lot of games, so I'm like, that is fantastic, but, you know, I'm just playing a game. Whereas this, I was so from the moment it started, I was like just Enthralled
0: that's why I think there is divisiveness with it because like you either get this game or don't and yeah You either like fall in love with it, or you're like what is this like what am I playing? And I know a lot of people that were like yeah I tried it for a few hours and couldn't understand it. So,
1: um, I, I know of people that like I wanted to like it, but uh, So I have a, a friend who you know is autistic. Mm. And he was like I wanted to like the game but I can't read facial cues Oh, fuck. So, it, this game was impossible because uh, yeah. so much of the game is relying on watching people's faces and working out if they're lying or not. So, I guess, you know, you don't think about that. But, you know, okay, for whatever reason, this game just won't. It's, it, yeah, it's so particular that it, it can't appeal to everyone.
0: Yeah. Well, that's good. I mean, it's sort of like they say about comedy if everyone likes you, you're probably too vanilla, you know? Yeah. Like if 100% of every audience. Uh, but let's get into the gameplay here. I was going to say it's linear in the storyline aspect but then at any point it, there is like an open world aspect too like in any leg of any of these missions you can just drive in a direction and you yeah. might see like a side mission you might see there's like 40 side side cases to do there's 20 hidden badges that are just hidden all over this place yeah. 50 landmarks to see yeah there's
1: there's golden reels
0: which oh right yeah
1: i don't think they account in the uh the main games total mm. but they are an extra thing to do
0: yeah, so it's like, if you're if you're like a collector, or you like collector games, there's plenty of that shit to do in, in here. And it is cool just driving around LA. Yeah. It sort of feels a lot like uh, Grand Theft Auto, though, too.
1: Yeah, because apparently they, they did use blueprints of 1940s LA. Right. So it's as accurate as they possibly could have made it.
0: Yeah, very cool.
1: Which is awesome. Because then you're like, well, one, it's like, how much does LA match with that now? But then also, is it just... if it added to the immersion for me because also the cars were real cars from the time Mm. and they tried to, everything was trying to really place you in that time frame and that location. So I was like, I really appreciate that. Like I remember there's, there's a game set in London, the getaway. I never heard, never heard of it. Um, it was, it was kind of an open world. Like it was like a grand theft auto type game, but based, yeah, based in London, but like they distorted the map and I'm like, it took me out of it, because I'm so much... I was like, this isn't what Piccadilly Circus looks like. <laughs> what, I don't know why it matters, but I was so, like, uh, disappointed that it didn't match up. But to know that this game, what they tried with that.
0: Yeah, very cool. I I I love when games can do that, too. Like, I've heard New Vegas is, like, pretty close to what Vegas looks like. Wow. I'm, like I'm like, and I've never even gone to Vegas, but I feel like I know it now, in a way. Um, but I what I like about this game is there is... Although it handles like grand theft auto there's none of the like uh, encouraged to destroy shit uh if you're you're actually penalized pretty heavily in the cases especially if you kill someone it's trying not to break your immersion because you're a cop you're meant to be protecting people it literally says in the corner even if you accidentally hit someone it's like, as an LAPD officer, <laughs> your job is to protect people. <laughs> so, like, don't well, do this or it'll affect your score. I sport. love
1: seeing that little uh, little notice at the top when you've got someone straped over your bonnet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've just taken out a park bench and mm. you're like, you're not supposed to do this.
0: But it's tough because it, it actually encourages you... Because you always have the option to either set your location and let your partner drive mm-hmm. or drive there yourself. And if you drive there yourself, you might see a side mission, you might see a hidden vehicle or whatever... Yeah. But you almost don't want to because even just getting in, like, a minor car accident or whatever is going to add to your total. Yeah. And then the, the end goal is to get five-star missions. Yeah. So it's tough. I, I always end up, when I was trying to get all the five-star missions, I just let my partner drive everywhere.
1: I still did my own driving, but then sometimes you are like, this is just, it's such a long drive. I think <laughs> I've actually racked up. in Because they calculate your miles in, like, real miles. I think I've I've, I've done about... 1,200 miles <laughs> holy shit in, in this in this game over the how many times I've played it I'm like that's a lot of driving yeah no
0: kidding so yeah each mission is sort of like a different level I guess the closest thing this game has to levels and they all have a set amount of clues and then interrogation questions that you gotta ask mm-hmm. but the tricky part is that there'll be clues that they fully like or, or questions you can't even access if you miss certain clues or don't even find clues at the right time yeah they really don't, like, at, at first it's not like that, but when you get into the later ones, it's like... One of my favourites is when you, you have two people apprehended, and you sort of have to go back and forth between yeah. the rooms. So you get them to implicate each other, and then use each other's accusations against the other as, like, a way to get more information. Yeah. Uh, I love it. I think it's just really well done. They add a lot of depth.
1: It's a great case as well, because it's like, both suspects, one of them's, like, really innocent, or, like,
0: really naive, but... That's the one we were seems... talking about, where the he was a, a drunk.
1: Yeah, yeah. He seems he seems like he's done it, and then the other guy is just a Fesbian jackass,
0: isn't he? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's what it, that's one of the ones that was actually a Black Dahlia case. Right. It didn't make a lot of sense, but you the guy was such a smug piece of shit that you end up arresting that you're you're okay with it because he's yeah, such yeah. a bad guy. Uh, I thought well, that was hilarious. Um, yeah, we talked about that. The when you're actually interrogating people, it's all in the remakes they changed it to good cop which means like you're gonna believe them, trust what they say yeah. take it as face value bad cop which is like I don't like the sound of what you're saying but I don't have any yeah. direct evidence to refute it uh, but you'll give them a tough time, or then just flat out accusing them when you know they've lied and you have a piece of evidence to prove it. Yeah. And that's... The brilliant part is between the bad cop and the accused because if it was just good or bad, it would be way too easy to... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...to know. It's like, okay, he's lying. I think
1: that was the difficulty sometimes, was like, oh, I don't know if I've got the evidence to say that he's lying. hmm Um... But yeah, you don't know if it's... Sometimes it seems like that you do have the evidence, but it would be a, a bad cop moment. Mm-hmm. And other times it, you think it's a bad cop moment and it was actually like an accuse. You know, that's... It, it makes it... Uh, it makes it tricky for you, which is re- really cool.
0: Yeah, well, and it needed to happen. Like I said, if, it, if they didn't have that, it would be so yeah easy. It's like like you said, some, it's, sometimes it's so overdramatic. The faces. Yeah, yeah, where yeah. It's like okay, so he's obviously lying. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> but what I found was interesting is like they put so much time and effort into the fake face recognition into the interrogation part, and they sort of realize the other aspects of the game aren't what the game's about, so they sort of streamline them and make them basic as possible. Yes. Like, like you only get one ga- gun in this game. and there's much. And there's never set bullets or anything like that. It's, no, no, it's you just, just shoot. It's just a weapon, yeah. yeah. And same with, like, all the little action scenes that happen eventually sort of become similar. Yeah. You'll either chase someone on foot or you'll chase them by car. Uh, but it is, like, pretty, you know, just straightforward. And, and it can be, because that's not what the game's about.
1: Yeah. You you, you do wonder how, how different could they make it?
0: yeah, yeah you know? totally and uh, we'll get into that later but the uh, opportunity for sequels here i think are huge um but yeah detective work gets pretty advanced like i was saying earlier uh i think that like it's great that your menu basically where all your information is stored is literally one of those little like detective pamphlets that yeah. detectives have what i enjoy though is that like every piece of
1: evidence or every suspect or anything like that has a little picture next to it <laughs> but then it makes you realize like uh, when did he take time to draw these? <laughs> yeah,
0: and He's it's also literally driving the car. It's literally as you meet them too. Like yeah, you'll yeah. pick it up and it's just there already. And you're like, they didn't have cameras back then. <laughs> he doesn't have a smartphone. Uh, but it's fun. It's interesting too because you're gaining experience, almost like an RPG game. Yeah. And you will level up, and every time you get a level up, you usually I think every other one gets you a new outfit, which is sort of nice. Yeah, yeah. You get a few outfits to choose
1: from. You get more intuition points if you're really struggling with. Uh, finding a clue mm-hmm. or, or answering a question.
0: Yeah, it sort of reminds me of like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, like Lifelines. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It'll, it, an intuition point. What I found it most useful for is it removes either good cop, bad cop, or accused as an option. Yeah. So if you're in one of those, I don't know if it's bad cop or accused, it could really help you out. Yeah. Um, but the one thing is, like, if you're doing well at this game, like I hit level twenty, which is the top level. Uh, like, halfway in the homicide desk. You know? yeah. Like, there's still, like, half the game left over, and I'm already, like, completely max level. Yeah. So I felt like they could have... But that being said, the levels don't really mean anything anyway. Outside, not really, no. Outside of the intuition points, it's not like you become faster, or you're not getting, yeah. like, stronger or anything. It
1: doesn't have those sort of rewards. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, yeah, as, as you said, the game's so linear. There's, there's a point that it needs to get to, that the, the gameplay is just to keep you uh, involved... Yes. I guess.
0: Yeah, totally. Like like you said, we said it right off the top. You could see how this could just be shown at a film festival. Yeah, and yeah. like, I imagine they'd take out all the scenes of just, like, chasing and shit because they'd start to run together, <laughs> but who knows. Um, but, yeah, we talked about all that. We talked about the newspapers, which, again, I loved. And, yeah, that's all I really had for gameplay, unless you can think of anything I missed there. but.
1: Um, I do think, like, a, a sort of weak point in this game is, like, the... The facial recognition and the the heads of the characters are so good mm. that sometimes the bodies, <laughs> yeah, they look strange. Yeah, like the arm movements are so like weird and gangly. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you can't animate. It'd be difficult to not only do the the intense head capture, but then try and get a more human motion for the bodies as well but sometimes the bodies would just be really
0: really like
1: (laughs) cartoony
0: yeah well and there also is like and i think this is nitpicking because this was the first game to use this technology but you can have a few more facial expressions for each one where it's like if, it, if they're telling the truth, their face will just go completely stoic when they answer the question. But then if they're telling a lie, they'll be like... Eh. And, it's like <laughs> and it's like a very simple question, too. It's not one where they need to be straining their face to such a degree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, it would be... I think, it, obviously, it's supposed to get more
1: difficult as the game goes on. But even still, there are people, like, their face is changed. And it's, but, but some people, especially, like, narcissists and psychopaths, are good at lying.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, I want someone whose face never changes. Yeah, and then you just have to either use the evidence or your intuition. Yeah,
1: maybe use their words to throw them up. Mm hmm Because a lot of people can... They they sound, like, the same, but their face is saying something different. Whereas, like, no, if they make them, like, say something that is clearly a lie. Or, do you know, yeah, like, someone has lied twice, but they've said two different things.
0: Yeah. Maybe yeah,
1: pick up on that, you know.
0: I agree. And and there were some cases in the... Like, there's the one where the car's outside, and this old guy is telling you, like, four Mexican guys fucked it up. <laughs> and he's, like, so specific about it. But it, it that's one where you literally just say, well, did you go out and check the car? And he has no reason to lie. And yeah. you have no reason to think he's lying. It's literally just that he's making a fucked up face. That you say, like, bad cop. And then he's like, okay, I went out and saw he's the car. He's my favourite. That um, old old racist.
1: He's like probably the nichest actor that I've recognized from somewhere else. Oh, is he? <laughs> and he is an extra in Mad Men. Oh, he really? Is the janitor in Mad Men, and he never says a word. <laughs> and then I see him in La Noir and I realize he's why he's never said a word because yeah. he is the most horrific actor.
0: Yeah, he's really bad. I bet he did have scenes that they just cut from yeah. Mad Men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This guy can't speak. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's move on to the graphics and the music. Uh, right off the bat, the soundtrack is like. When I hear La Noir, it's the music you hear in your head, you know, just yes. noir, like
1: yeah, yeah. The especially the title track, mm-hmm. it's it's perfect. Yeah, and I've I I did a sketch at uni, um, which was, which was like spoofing noir. And that sort of thing,
0: and I wanted music underneath, so I used the LA noir music. That so was just perfect. perfect. Yeah, uh, and I like just true to Rockstar Games, they have a perfect radio setup. You can just yeah. drive around, listen to tunes if you want.
1: Yeah, and and typical Rockstar of they fu- they introduced me to so much music. Like Grand Theft Auto Vice City is like one of the greatest soundtracks there is because all the radio stations have just bangers, regardless of what genre music. Whereas this is sort of like it has some of the classics from
0: the 40s that you might not necessarily know (laughs) yeah like, doo-wop and stuff. Yeah. Well, I like... Is I, I always make the distinction with games is sometimes they're just originally made soundtracks that, like, elevate the game for itself. Mm-hmm. Like a Chrono Trigger. You could listen to that yeah. on its own. And then a lot of the other ones are just, like, ambient music designed to, like, support the game. Yeah. But this... Rockstar almost is, like, the third category where it's, like, yeah, songs you know. Like, real songs yeah. that, that are from the era and match the time period they're going for. Yeah, yeah. I love how they do it. I think it's great. Yeah,
1: that adds to the... um just sort of the the aesthetic of the game. Mm -hmm. But then also, like, the the guys that did the uh, score, like, you know, when you're in a chase, the music is perfect for a chase scene, but it still sounds very, like, jazzy. But then, like, um, there's, like, a case which is at night, and it's raining, and the music on that case is just really, like, Mm -hmm. fitting for, like, the scenery. So I think the composers did like an amazing job
0: yeah yeah they know what they're doing it, the game sounds great throughout i thought the voice acting was good too yeah i mean like we've covered these are actual actors so yeah. like um but you know there's uh, been other games where it's like laughably bad So yeah
1: no the actors do it really well because they get that kind of they, they're they acting like they're in a, a a vintage movie but they're still playing it very realistic and very naturalistic mm-hmm. at the same time but
0: yeah, it's funny, the actor who plays Cole, he's, like, not a huge part of Mad Men. I'm sort of like, no, yeah. this is the most impressive work I've seen that guy do. And it happens to be in a yeah. video game. It's sort of interesting.
1: Yeah. Well, it kind of makes sense in the sense of, like, if they were filming Mad Men at the time. Yeah. You want someone who's not actually, you can't get a Don Draper because he's <laughs> in
0: every scene of Mad Men. Right. Can you imagine if Cole was played by Don Draper? The game would be so weirdly different. No one would be
1: mad at him when he shags Elsa. You're like, it's yeah. Don
0: Draper! Yeah, he had
1: to. He, he just can't resist. <laughs> and they can't resist him. Yeah. yeah, he's
0: constantly selling people on shit. Like, There'd be a scene where he wakes up in the bed with, like, Herschel Biggs. Like, I just can't resist him! <laughs> oh, I didn't bring up Herschel Biggs, too. Your partner in the arson case? He's got the best voice in the entire game. Yeah, real quick. He's fucking awesome, and. He's one of those cops closer to Rusty where he's just sort of out of the game. Yeah. But Cole's sort of conviction. and uh... Rusty's achieved a bit more than Herschel. Mm -hmm. Herschel is just sort of like,
1: I'm doing my best.
0: Yeah. (laughs) And I just love the relationship he has with Cole where Cole makes him care about his job a bit. Mm. Like he he re-sparks a bit of passion in him. And of all the people in that point of the game that's giving uh,
1: Cole shit... Mm-hmm. He's like, hey look, I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not a fan of you either, but I'm
0: not gonna treat you like the others are treating you. Yeah. He's like, really cool in that sense. Yeah, dude, the world needs more of that. <laughs> yes. But yeah, moving on to the graphics, I think uh, people shit all over the graphics, almost the, to the point where I think they become underrated, where it's like, they're not that bad. A few of the facial features are exaggerated and ridiculous, and if there is a lot of, the, they don't look like, you know, like um. you were saying earlier. But just as, like, a cityscape is, like... I think it's, like, amazing. I think it mm-hmm. still holds up. Yeah, me too, completely.
1: Granted, there is some, like... There is a weird sort of grainy footage. Like, because it does, like... The faces have... They look, they've been covered in, like, a little bag sometimes. mm mm-hmm. Because uh, it's, yeah, essentially, like, CGI'd over video footage. Mm-hmm. Um, so when people open their mouths, like, the, the, the whole... <laughs> where it, like feels it looks really weird sometimes the mouth hole the mouth hole the, yeah. mouth hole, <laughs> the big
0: black hole um. but it's when when but you I talk about graphics in La Noir people are just talking about the face feature yes but they're not thinking about like all the cars and they're not thinking about all the, the cars are beautiful the different scenes you go to yeah
1: the cars are like so so beautiful. Yeah, like the costuming and the scenery and all, all that sort of thing. It looks really cool.
0: Yeah, the amount of work that must have gone into this. Like you were saying it's actually replicant of that era. It's like fucking a crazy amount of work yeah. went into this. And then that, yeah, they had to work with the fact that, you know, the body models and the face
1: models were so different. So if you you do watch it, you notice every single person, regardless of who they are, is wearing some sort of thing around the neck.
0: Oh, I I didn't notice that. So
1: I noticed that I was like, how do they connect the heads to the bodies? They every every uh, woman is wearing like a dress that comes around the neck, um, Mm. despite how different it might be, and every man's wearing a shirt. Um, You never see a man. Oh, sometimes they wear a T shirt, but right, you know, so like they they compensate as well as they can.
0: Yeah, it's funny how the characters that you don't interrogate in this game do look better than the ones that you will interrogate. But I do like seeing the same
1: faces pop up in different things. You're like, oh, you were that gas station attendant, and now you're...
0: (laughs) I had a weird one where... Because you know the side missions? Yeah. They literally... It's like you're driving around the city, you'll get a call, you go answer the call, and then a cutscene will begin and introduce you to whatever you have to do. Yeah. Sometimes it's chasing a guy, sometimes it's like clearing out a warehouse. Uh, I went to one and this was right after I did that mission that we've already brought up with the guy who's like naively thought he killed someone. Yeah. And if you remember, he works in a bowling alley. So when you you go pick him up originally, Mm -hmm. he's doing maintenance in the bowling alley. And this is afterwards, I do a side mission that takes you to the bowling alley and someone's like shooting it up or whatever. Yeah. And so he runs out through that path. And as you're chasing after him, you pass by the dude that you just arrested in the (laughs) previous scene with the same outfit, same overalls. Because he works there in this game. (laughs) Yeah. But it's um, funny that the side missions. I don't think they update the world based on the main missions. Yeah, it's probably just a bit of an oversight. But
1: the, yeah, uh, but uh, but then if you don't arrest that guy, I mean you can arrest him, but you get told off. I think
0: the bowling. Alley oh yeah, guy. yeah, yeah. That, that's I guess true. he
1: probably would go back to work, wouldn't he? I guess so. Yeah, he might have lost his job. I don't know, but.
0: Yeah, does getting accused of murder, is that like... In the 40s, dude, they I mean, I just assume no one anyone, would even know. <laughs> anyone
1: who works maintenance in a bowling alley has killed someone. That's just my assumption. <laughs> yeah. Across yeah. the board.
0: With a bowling pin, <laughs> usually. <laughs> um, but let's go into the final stretch of this game, the legacy factor. I always talk about like what made this game stand out. How come we're talking about it all this time later. How come they re-released it in 2017? There's something about it. I think it's just one of a
1: kind. I don't think any game has done what it has. Other games have gone on to do taking concepts and made it better. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we, the whole facial thing, like the facial recognition might not be used again in that way because games now are getting animated so well. Like, I don't know if you've ever played the, um, like, Until Dawn or the, uh, like, the games that followed them, but they're, they're kind of very cinematic games and they use, like, sort of big-time actors and stuff and they look... It's, it's, yeah it's all cgi but it's all they all look really realistic right and they talk really realistic so i don't think i think like l.a Noir will be the only game that ever uses that technology
0: yeah for sure and i wonder if they like considered that aspect a failure and maybe that's why nothing's being built upon it because like like rockstar doesn't have a problem making sequels uh, you yeah, know, usually builds upon their franchises. Yeah, I, I I don't think like they
1: should be disappointed with what they did. I think L.A. Noir is like incredible. I I totally for agree
0: that, for for what they did. In fact, I'll I'll go on record saying it's my personal favorite Rockstar game. I know I said yes. I'm not a huge fan, but I played *Red Dead* 2 also oh, yeah. and really enjoyed it. Yeah, but yeah. I think I prefer this one, and it isn't because it's a better game per se. It's because of that connection you have with it. It it seemed it seemed like a a risk.
1: I think mm-hmm. La Noire, uh, but it seemed like a pure pr- a passion project that they really wanted to just do well on. Yeah. Whereas, uh, yeah, the Grand Theft Auto is, it, is sort of like the point of it is people just go in and have fun, mm-hmm. and then the Red Dead Redemption games, and uh, they they they've got a great story, but then that's kind of yeah, there's a, a little bit looser element there as well, and like Western is very popular amongst people, mm. but I think selling people on a uh, a very cinematic game that is very like, structured, is not really a rock star thing. No. They're so known for being open world and fun, whereas this is very much like the opposite.
0: Yeah, of... it's on rails. And even when it does become open, like we talked about, it's like, yeah, you don't kill people. Like, yeah, that's yeah. not what this game's about. Yeah. You will
1: not be rewarded. So um, it, it was a ballsy move. Hmm. Uh, but I, I think it, it it they did well.
0: Yeah, uh, so I don't know how much... you So you've played this a few times. Yeah, uh, The replay value for me is this. It was, okay, I beat it, and I fucked up a lot of the missions because they were tough. Now I'm going to go through and beat it with a walkthrough open yeah. and get 100% on every mission just to see what happens in the mission itself. Because like you said, you you feel genuine disappointment when you fuck a case up. Oh my god, when the uh, when you
1: ask someone a question and you pick the wrong answer and then it plays that... that... Do 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 do. Mm. I've never felt so disappointed in myself. It, it sucks. It, genuinely, it like it makes me well up. Mm. Uh, that that sound is
0: is in my nightmares. <laughs> well, um, and it's always like the last fucking interrogation that you'll yeah. get. It. It's mm-hmm. like and it it's almost a, a critique I have of the game because it's really all or nothing. It's like a hundred percent. You can't go back. Yeah, and yeah. There's no reset or anything. Yeah, which I guess. There it, it, it shouldn't be in a peer run, I guess, but uh, maybe it should be a new game plus option or something Yeah. for, like, a rewind. uh, Because, like, I think a lot of people want to do that, but now it's, like, even on the ones where I was going through a walkthrough, I'd still, like, miss a clue or something, and then you yeah. miss that 100%, and I'm like, motherfucker, I have to do that whole thing again? I would like it, yeah, if there was an in-between of, like doing it on my
1: own without walkthroughs, but being able to go back if I really mess something up.
0: Yeah, I agree. I like I to replay
1: conversations or something like that.
0: Because the walkthrough way wasn't particularly fun. No, it,
1: it, it takes a bit out of it because you're very much just following instructions. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, I'll drive here. Okay, where is that, that clue? Okay, I'll walk over there and I'll pick that one up. Um, so it kind of, it takes a little bit, it takes you out of it a little bit. Um, but then I've still played the game through like five times with the walkthroughs and I still love it. So, right, yeah. Um, yeah. Although in between, in between playthroughs, I do leave it quite a bit of time.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's a good thing. The the story's so dense that it's easy to forget parts. But yes. Then there's also like, every mission is its own story. So there's yeah, tons to remember. It's so it's so long and it's so um.
1: Like low, uh, low key that it's like, I don't think I could play it like every day. Yeah. But that I'll I'll go. I'll go away from it for, like, months, and then I'll be
0: like, I really need to play it again. (laughs) Mm. I love that they did DLC in this game, too. Yes. It's one of the few examples of DLC just flowing with the game so smoothly you wouldn't even know if you didn't. Yeah,
1: the only thing I noticed, again, playing through with the DLC a few times, Mm. is that, you know, even later on in the game, the extra cases that you get, really, they supply nothing. No. They're just merely an extra case. Well, they can't really. (laughs) They can't, yeah, yeah, you can't, like add any extras to the story otherwise you would need them the whole time but um yeah they do seamlessly just go into the game uh, just to add extra time really and it's just good fun mm-hmm. they some of those cases are really fun yeah. there's one on the traffic desk which is about um like forged pink slips on oh cars. yeah 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 was it, that a, sl- a slip of the tongue I think. I think it's a slip of the tongue yeah and you meet like a really corny car salesman
0: Oh, and he yeah, pisses, yeah.
1: He pisses uh, Bukowski off and the whole time Bukowski's like can I punch this guy <laughs>
0: yeah. that actor is so good that it is incredible that dog shit yeah. car salesman uh, I have written here I think you could do L.A. Noire 2 so easily you just move the thing ahead like 10 years yeah. 5 years even it could mm-hmm. just be like a different cop but in the same city yeah, and it's like what's happened ten years after. Easy. You could do it in the same universe even. Yeah, yeah. Maybe uh, Roy Earle's like chief of police now, and shit's really fucked yeah. up.
1: Yeah, so I'd love that an LA noir. Um, I mean, I don't know if you ever. I don't know which company made them, but there was an old, like cop game, which was like true crime, true crime LA, true crime New York. I remember seeing those. And yeah. they were fun games. They were good fun. And then Sleeping Dogs was the unofficial third, mm. in, in that series. I played that one. Um, yeah, but then. Like, I, I'd quite like like an old-timey, like, NY noir.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, totally.
1: Can you imagine? Or, like, a Chicago cop. Yeah. Like, a detective in Chicago or something like that. Like, that's different.
0: Yeah, it's funny, because I, I reviewed Disco Elysium for the, on this podcast, like, a few months ago, mm-hmm. and what, what we realized was, like, everything about this game is so good. Like, you could never do the story again, and they mm-hmm. wrap it up, but you could take this format of game and mm-hmm. just plug in all the necessary like yeah. story and characters and this format just works and that's how I feel about L.A. Noir*. it doesn't have to be Cole Phelps it doesn't have to be a war thing no but all of this works like the, the yeah. interrogation and the clues and the missions
1: I think I'd prefer if they told someone else's story mm. rather than con- like continuing on um, like, like the, totally the, fresh thing yeah I, th- I think you, you know it's just show me more harrowing stories from the 40s about
0: Policeman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I do like the idea of the same because I like your idea of like New York or London or whatever. But I like the idea of like how about L.A. But it's the seventies, and then yeah. you you like update the whole yeah the whole city or whatever, or maybe yeah, like even legal- maybe even a modern one some sometime down the Yeah, there.
1: like a neo noir. So they sort of it's the same sort of genre, but they doing it in a different world a different time
0: yeah i think that'd be just interesting yeah yeah this game is awesome uh i mean most of the games i talk about i'll praise but this one stands out in my mind it's it's one of my favorite ones i've even talked about on this show yeah
1: i could talk about this game for days
0: yeah well unfortunately we can't because <laughs> i have to end this and go to my open mic but tony thanks for doing the show is Thank there anything anything you want to plug before we get out of
1: here um i don't know by the time this Airs. it'll be monday but oh okay so very soon okay the, the thing i'm about to plug won't be out yet uh, but eventually uh cult comedy pod will be a thing and it's a podcast i'm doing with tony basnett um love tony into, yeah an amazing amazing man um looking into various cults and specifically ones that people aren't as familiar with and so it's like educational but funny yeah, I, I can't wait for
0: that. Like I said earlier, like I'm a serial killer guy, I'm a cult guy. Yeah,
1: we're trying to tap into that, because cults can be just as like interesting, but I don't think they've been talked about as much. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, it's very strange. But anyway, as always, I am at funnyjordand on Instagram, on Twitter. Give me an ad, give me a follow. Tell some of your friends about this show. I want to get the word out. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll get you next week. <laughs>